This is Slipping Tables Podcast, episode 14. I am one of your hosts, David Lyons. And I'm the other host, Michael Edwards. And I think we have a little bit of follow-up this week. So we're coming in a day late, but not a dollar short. That's okay. <laughs> so I think you want to talk about this, this slide docs? Yeah, so we had some follow-up from a colleague and friend, Mike Pasco. Um, and he was ask, he was following up on our presenter discussion, our presentation sins, and uh, he asked us to take a look at a format, or I guess more like a, an idea for how to use slides called Slide Docs. And we did take a look, and we're going to flip some tables about it. Yeah, it, it's it's awful. It's everything. Um, well, let's explain what it is yeah. first. <laughs> no, it's, all you need to know is that it's terrible. <laughs> so the whole idea behind it is to use PowerPoint as basically a document format, and not as a presentation format. I, I got to be fair too. It's I think you could also use like Keynote or Google Docs. Right. Yeah. Like they're, they're not. It's not a specific advocate for. PowerPoint. Yeah, it's not just PowerPoint, but it's using but, a slide presenter tool to create documents that are not intended to be projected or presented, but are intended as documents that are read and distributed like any other normal document. Right. They're completely standalone. And I think the appeal to the people that are promoting it is uh, that you can do web-like design in a PowerPoint. You can very easily throw columns of stuff around, and you don't have to learn how to do that in Which Illustrator. Is, is there another place you can do web-like design? Besides PowerPoint slides? Uh, I'm not sure there no? is another place. Well, then thank How God. the web? The web, yeah. <laughs> so that that's, as soon as we, we started looking at this, that was my immediate, like, no, this is a terrible idea. Because this, to me, is just the slide version of, oh, it's in a PDF. Oh, yeah, I just threw it in a PDF. Here's a PDF I'm going to email to everybody. Because it, it has all of the same shortcomings. So you have... A format that looks like garbage on mobile. Um, you have a format that once people start emailing slide decks around, you no longer have any control over it, whereas a website you can keep updating. Right. Um, these don't... I, I don't think people are adding a lot of multimedia to these, but if you did... So you could you know record narration over it, which would be dumb because there's like paragraphs of text on every single slide. Yeah. They're obviously meant to be read, but... Putting multimedia into slide decks makes them huge. Guess guess where you can use multimedia really well. I I, don't, I can't the think web of the web really again. I, I'm I'm blown away that like the, the web any can new do all these format things. that comes out anything you want to use you don't have to wait for your slide deck company to support it. Yeah. So this is this to me looks like a really artful way of enabling a terrible idea. Yeah. Because, I mean, the, the slide deck they have... So you mean it's like Prezi? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, the, the, it's very pretty. You know, there's lots of full bleed images. and. But, you know, it, that's because this the one on the homepage, for, we'll have it in the show notes, um, is like, obviously, when you're making your case for slide docs, you have a good example of a pretty version of it. One would but, hope. But, um, like with anything, you know what regular people are going to do if they try this idea. Yeah. It's just going to be walls of eight-point font <laughs> pasted in, and the, they won't know about how wide lines should be in topography for good readability. So right. they'll have like you know two hundred words on a single line. And you'll have to scan left yeah. to right forever. And and to this company or person, whoever is doing this, to their defense, they provide templates. 
but I don't see what problem this is solving. Because if you're the only point I could think of is like, oh, well, you can email this information around. It's like you can just email someone a URL. Yeah. And then they can go to the website and see the most up to date information, and it's great. So I, it's just, this doesn't make sense to me. It, if I had seen this 10 years ago when everybody still emailed PDFs around and thought it was a good idea, then I'd yeah. be like, oh, okay. But I mean, maybe there needs to be a, a good template for the major blogging systems if you want to develop easy pages of this kind of thing. I, I would be. That stuff already, is already out there. Yeah, I would be amazed if that was not the case. I mean, the default template for every blogging platform I know of is perfectly good. And it's, they're becoming more and more magazine like as time goes on because everyone wants their their blog to be like a magazine these days, it seems like. Yeah, big images. Except for. Big, big the, images, little tiny bit of text. Except for the, the tech hipsters that just want single column. Uh, Content that, only. I, I, love I, it. I, I wouldn't know who would fit no. that bill. No, certainly no. So to Michael.com. <laughs> <laughs> Switched your NPR voice for just a second there. But, so yeah, um, thanks for sharing, Mike, and we hate it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But don't let that stop you from sharing stuff with us. And if, if someone does have a legitimate reason or think you have a legitimate reason, I would love to hear it, because I honestly can't think of one. I mean, I'm definitely more pro-web than I am pro, hey, let me email you this 16-gig document that I made. <laughs> yeah. But there, there may be a perfectly valid reason. Maybe if you need to share information with people in areas that have terrible internet connections or intermittent internet connections, yeah. but then we already have PDFs this, for that. I guess the thing that bothers me about this is maybe the person that created it is finding some responsible way of limited use for very specific purposes, even if we would still kind of take a crap on that and say it's not the right solution. But it's going to inspire bad behavior from people who don't think more deeply about why you use the format you use for your audience. It sounds like you're talking about affordances. Yeah. And so, I don't know, I'm, I'm reminded of a discussion battle about using tables in web design and of course web designers have moved on about 15 years ago from using tables in web design they did but there's in the layman amateur um not professional who's building a website for some reason or an online course um (laughs) to be a little slightly more specific (laughs) um tables are like a comforting thing they learned once when they were in their 30s in the 90s and that's the one tool they have for doing something other than just paragraphs of text. So you narrowed it down to academia specifically, and you were ageist. Do you want to just name somebody? You want to be like, Jim Smith, your course sucks. That's the dude. <laughs> you know who you are. Classic Jim Smith. Classic Jim. So I I, uh, I think we actually talked about the tables thing, the using tables for HTML layout in an early episode. But that's... it startles me when I encounter someone not that does that because that's fine like I understand a lot of people don't update their web skills and the tools enable them to use tables in a way that's comforting what surprised me at the time and I don't remember if I mentioned this then was the argument that I got that that was the right way to do things yeah and I was just like this is not your area of expertise I'm really surprised how vehemently you are stating that this is the right way yeah. like <laughs> if a mechanic told me to fill my engine with dirt I would question him because I've never heard that before 
but I would probably not shout him down because yeah. I don't know anything about cars. Like, I'd get a second opinion, but I wouldn't be like, no, you can't possibly be right. Or maybe an example that's a little less like, extreme Hyperbolic. is, uh, you know, it used to be important to, well, I don't even know if this is actually true, but you blow on <laughs> Nintendo cartridges to make them work. Yeah, which if is actually wrong. If you continued to do that with discs, it'd be like, you didn't update your knowledge. Yeah. And someone told you, hey, you don't have to do that anymore. There's no connectors on the CD or DVD. Right. Which I've, I've seen in multiple places. And then you shouted that, them down. That blowing on the cartridge was actually bad for it because you got like spittle and particulate matter all over it. But I swear to God, it worked. No, like, I, I think there is an explanation is of why it worked. It's just it will damage the cartridge over time. Okay, I'll believe. So it, it worked, but it was still a bad idea. There's a idea. proper way to just clean it. Yeah. I think uh, like but a really, paper towel light. Instead of fondly being nostalgic for how bad, <laughs> how much how much of a struggle it was to get Nintendo games working, <laughs> can we just be mad at Nintendo for making such a bad connector Well, it's, looking back, it's like, oh, you mean the entire chip is exposed by like three quarters of an inch? <laughs> like, that's such a well, weird... Well, I mean, the Super Nintendo cartridges aren't fundamentally a different concept but they work a million times more reliably yeah because they had an actual connector yeah. instead of just exposing the circuit board yeah and just like this awkward handshake between the system and the cartridge i mean even uh usb has the the little flat gold connectors i don't know if they're actually gold but they're like gold like monster color. cable gold. <laughs> yes that's why every usb thumb drive costs a thousand dollars um but I mean, think think about any other technology you use. Even a CD, the part that's actually being read is under a thin layer of plastic. Yeah. Right. Um, I guess a record is a good example. The the thing that reads it, the needle, comes directly in contact with the or surface that stores it, it and <laughs> just drags across it. Ah, oh, that. I just I realized that was one of the big advances in modern data storage formats. Like that physically scratching things. Yeah, because I mean, you, if you go way back to uh, the cylinders, like a like a music box cylinder, mm -hmm. you had raised or, or sunken. Yeah, just plinking against. Yeah, them. and it just literally smacked it and made a different <laughs> noise. And then you had records. Um, how about tapes? Like a, a tape cassette? Were they? Was there physical? Yeah, there's little magnetic bits that get arranged in a tape. But I mean, it's read by a magnet, right? Or it's, it's not physical contact. No, I don't think so. Okay, so tapes were a step in the no, right direction. No, it's not physical contact. Yeah, okay, so good. So tapes were a step in the right direction, and then we had electrical contact. Even uh, spinning hard drives, which I've learned to hate so much yeah. now that I've gone SSD life. Um, when they spin, there's a little cushion of air, and you know you have screwed yourself if you hear the click. Yeah. Yeah, then you need to get out of the building quickly. Yes, get your data out of the building. It's done. Women it's and children data first. Click, click, click. Throw it in the garbage. It's done. So, yeah. That, so that was a, quite a journey away from slide docs. But yeah. basically, it's dumb. Yeah. And we'd love to hear someone defend it, though. Yeah. We will give you a fair representation if you try to defend it. I will. I'm always happy to be told that my point of view is wrong. It's just it happens so seldom. <laughs> I'm just right always. <laughs> all, so. all the time. I try not to be vehement about something that's obviously false. So, so the, yeah, go, uh, no, go ahead. So there was another piece of follow-up, um, another thing to rant about. Um, so a uh, friend of the show, uh, Brian Yinger, uh, tweeted at me the other day. Did you just Colbert that? <laughs> yeah, friend of the show. 
Um, he was responding to our audio discussion, audio file, and particularly the the point that vinyl is really just has sentimental value. It's not inherently better. Nostalgia goggles. Yeah. Um, and he said, totally agree with your thoughts on vinyl. The pixel density of my Nexus 7 convinced me to switch from my iPad 2, though. And uh, he's not wrong to want to wanna switch from an iPad 2 to a Nexus 7 um, because for pixel density reasons, because the iPad 2 had, guess what, 132 pixels per inch. Like a savage. So Might as well be reading tea leaves. That's like a third of most modern smartphones um, on a much larger screen. Which, granted, you don't hold the iPad quite as close as a phone, but 132 is low enough that it's after you're used to higher density, it's like a blurry mess. It, yeah, that's that's totally true. And but. so that's that's not completely analogous to vinyl because vinyl is really high quality. Well, it's high enough. High enough. <laughs> yeah, it's high enough quality if you have the, enough of the audio chain high quality. Right. Um, but. 132 pixels per inch is blurry. It is fuzzy. But it's not cool Super Nintendo blurry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it kind of brought up the point of, like, what is the threshold, and have we already reached it on pixel density? Well, that so I think back when Apple started using the, the Retina branding, the argument, and I don't know if this is official or if people just made this up, but the argument I remember hearing was, the reason they called it Retina was because they were reaching a pixel density that they would not need to go much beyond that. Like this, yeah, that your the human retina at the viewing distance intended for that screen would not be able to tell that they're individual pixels. Exactly. So if you are using an iPhone, it's going to have a different retina level display than an iPad would. Than your twenty seven inch the iMac. Current iPads, I think, are two sixty four, whereas the f- iPhones like above three hundred. Right, because you hold an iPhone yeah. dangerously close to your face. <laughs> Um, which, which is, that's fine. But this is, so when this came up, this to me is just the visual version of the audio debate we were having, Yeah. which is if you're viewing a web page, so text, text is tricky. I'll talk about text in a second, but if you're viewing a web page with images or you're viewing a video, it has to be in a very high resolution coming across in a way where it's not, uh, compressed and then displayed on a screen that can display that resolution, and then so this viewed is the exact same thing as the audio chain, ex- exactly. Discussion. And then viewed by eyeballs that can see it. And so imagine all the pictures on Earth were compressed, which is a different, obviously a very different meaning than compression in audio. But um, other than the fact that it makes things smaller, um, so it's basically. But you know, <laughs> the most like artifacty JPEGiest of JPEGs. Um, yeah, you're the animated, and GIF. you have this like. 2,000 pixel per inch screen, doesn't matter. The nope. JPEG is crap. It yeah. will look like crap. <laughs> yeah, and most things you view, especially because I think people are probably thinking about video more than uh, images, but the thing is most video protocols are set up to um, compress on demand for bandwidth limitations. Yeah. So, like, if you've ever Gotta watched... them blacks. <laughs> If you've that ever sounds watched, really bad out of context. <laughs> we cannot use that as a show title, <laughs> nor should anyone ever. Uh, but it, it, so, like, if you've ever watched Netflix between like 4 p.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 
then you know that no matter how good your bandwidth is, Netflix doesn't look great because everyone in the country is viewing, if you're in America, everyone in the country is is viewing Netflix at that time. So even though I have perfectly serviceable internet at home, Netflix looks a lot better at 10 a.m. on a Saturday morning than it does at 6 p.m. on a Wednesday evening. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just, I mean, it's the same player, it's the same television. At least with video... People's vision is much more forgiving than because it's moving. Yeah, yeah, and especially stuff that's shot on film that just has a blurriness to it of motion, True. motion blur, a natural motion blur. Which actually, so natural. I just use that word. It's natural. we're accustomed to it. So I have to throw out this quick side note because you know a lot more about video than I do. So if you could explain this that's to me, for sure. that, <laughs> that's for <laughs> damn sure. So. I was uh, I was on vacation recently, and I was watching a movie, um, and it was on a television that had an artificially inflated refresh rate. And the second I, that. I walked into the room, I was like, what the hell is wrong with your television? Because it was a TV show. So I was thinking, maybe it's just this TV show. And then we, we nope. sat down, and we watched a movie that I know really well, and I was like, no, this is... No, th- this okay. movie does not look like You're this. building rage up in me because I hate <laughs> this. And uh, there's all sorts of different names that, for the smoothing that TVs seem to come pre-built with this turned on. Yeah, and because uh, yeah, he had no idea what I was talking about, the guy who owned the TV. If you're like, unfamiliar, imagine a world where everything looks like a soap opera. Where everything yes. is high frame rate. It's like how people reacted to the high frame rate Hobbit. Like it, So... Most film is shot at 24 frames per second, and then most digital tends to be 30, or even video is 30. But um, it's weird, because normally you think higher frame rate, that's better, right? Because you'll see more of the motion, it'll be more clear. But um, culturally, we associate high frame rate with soap operas and live sports and like right. a few other things and so like the sort of the visceral reaction when you see <laughs> uh, like something cinematic in a high frame rate is oh <laughs> but the, it's not just that because you know maybe if they shot every single tv show and every movie at 60 frames per second we'd get used to it production would change to live better but what these tvs are doing is not presenting content that was made at 60 frames per second. Yes. The TV is inventing interpolated frames in between the actual frames of the show. Yes, and that was my problem. Cause, <laughs> and I don't know if, if you've ever experienced this, but so it was an animated movie. We were watching Frozen. Oh, it was, it was Frozen. So it looked terrible. Yes. And, <laughs> so, I mean, I know this movie is like... It's like, you know what, animator? I think you needed some more drawings. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, I mean, this is... It, the movie's less than six months old. It's made by Disney, so it's phenomenal quality. It was on a Blu-ray disc, got a brand new television. So, I mean, everything was really sharp. But anytime anyone moved more than a tiny little bit, to me, it looked sped up. Like, yeah. it looked unnaturally fast, as if we were watching it at, like, 110% speed. Yeah. And when I mentioned it to my family that was watching it with me, they were like, what do you mean? It's crystal clear. And I was like, but it's too smooth. Yeah. I was like, this movie was not, I mean, recorded. It's an animated feature. But I mean, it's like, this was not recorded at 120 frames a second. So what I'm worried about is an entire generation and more are going to be conditioned because TVs are coming with this turned on automatically. And so people don't change their TV settings 
ever. <laughs> people <laughs> buy true. it and then they like watch something. That's why people are watching like the standard def channels and don't realize they have an HD subscription. Or, uh, that or, or the classic, you're watching a 4 by 3 show in 16 by 9 or vice versa. <laughs> Everyone is so short and fat. <laughs> or you're watching a letterbox 16 by 9 show that's been sent over as SD and then stretched out to 16 by 9 again with black bars on it. Ugh. This is your parents' house. But <laughs> um, I'm worried that this is something that I just have to get used to when I'm like at someone's house and it's not something you can like bring up and complain about. You just have to suffer through it. So is there any chance that the, uh, the industry will jump ahead of this and just be like, you know what? We're just going to record everything at 120 frames. I think that's the only solution unless the TV manufacturers stop turning this on by default. Cause everyone's going to get used to it and they're going to see like, the actual way things were intended or shot for and people are going to be like it's so like slow and blurry how can <laughs> you watch this and i realize that some of it is it's subjective but there's a part that's not right now because the right. stuff is not shot at a high frame rate right i and mean so, it's, like, this could, is like when you knew people who had digital cameras when they were new and they would take like a 1.3 megapixel picture and then print an 18 by 11 print of it and it looks like garbage yeah it's like, yeah, that was meant to print like a three and a half by five little snapshot, yeah. not a poster. And I'm not the guy in history that's like black and white's the only way to do movies, colors, a fad. And so, so you're, like, you're a big fan of the artist. So I don't want to say like, you know what, 24 frames per second is God's frame rate. And <laughs> the one true frame rate. Because um, the history of the frame rate of film is sort of a an arbitrary decision. It's and then it's, we're just that's very we're true. used to it. It's so, not even standard. So I'm I'm willing to adapt, but not in sh- in shitty ways. I'm if the content makers embrace higher frame rates, then that's really the only way I see this working itself out. Yeah, I mean it, it has to start with the source material. I mean this is exactly like audio. This is exactly yeah. like what we were just talking about with with you know video quality on a screen. If it doesn't matter how sharp and resilient and powerful and fast the refresh rate is of the end device. The content has to be there first. And, and I said quick before I think we get off of this, um, I mentioned text. The reason I say text is an exception on high-res screens is because text scales vectorly. Yeah, like it, it, it's, it's, it's computed mathematically the way the text is rendered. So yeah, it's not rastered. Right. R- rasterized. Rasterized. Yeah. yeah. So so a higher density screen, even if you can't perceive it because your eyes aren't good enough or because of the, the differences are so minute, a higher density screen will always make text look better. And, and this smaller. is where like there <laughs> there was sort of an old web design practice before style sheets and everything got good enough where you can do pretty much anything you want with design. Um, natively, um, people used to Photoshop and hard code text into graphics. Yes, which meant when you went retina, we went high density. Um, you your your graphics sucked. Yep. Um, and this also hit iPhone developers because when Apple switched, they're like, "We told you not to hard code graphic <laughs> versions of your text labels." Yeah. And now your stuff looks like crap because anything that's system rendered gets upgraded for free. Right. <laughs> yes. If you just said put the word back here, 
then the word back looks phenomenal. If you have a little image of a button with the word back in it, then it looks like garbage because it's now <laughs> twice as big. Yeah, it's now one fourth the necessary pixels. Yeah, so it's so I, I remember that the whole like everybody had to redo their app icons to do the high def version and the pre retina version. So I'd say we we're pretty much at the pixel density that I mean. Never say never. Maybe eventually we'll perceive and be like, you know what? I need 800 pixels. But <laughs> once we have bionic it's eyes, it's diminishing returns, and I think we're at already an excessively diminishing return for pixel density. And just give me battery life, please. <laughs> yeah, I feel that way about most moderate enhancements. When someone's like, "Oh, it's one percentage of a gigahertz faster," I'm like. Uh, can you just make it last an hour longer? Like, <laughs> yeah. That's cool, but I'm willing to wait the extra 15 milliseconds. I'm not for rendering the Toy Story 4. <laughs> yeah, on my smartphone. So just make it last for another couple of hours. You know, speaking of, of battery life and performance, um, and I'll try and find the link to this. It was some, something somebody shared with me. Um, a guy did a comparison of the Galaxy S5 which is a brand new cutting edge top of the line phone and a Moto E which is trying to break into like, like the sub third world never seen a is smartphone Is that one before. sub 200 unsubsidized? It's $129 unsubsidized. Yeah. Brand new. The camera doesn't have a flash. Like they stripped out every unnecessary thing so that they could get smartphones in the hands of more God, people. I hate flash from like camera photos anyway it's yeah it's, like, it's what if we turned there. everyone into a ghost imagine <laughs> that <laughs> what if everyone was wearing white face paint <laughs> yeah. so what he did uh to illustrate the benefits of stock android and more to condemn people who put overlays on stock android is he he held a galaxy s5 and a moto e side by side and he just started doing the same tasks at the same time. And in most cases, the Moto E is a tiny bit faster. And in a few cases, it's substantially faster. It's also Samsung has a history of just bloating down their OS. That's they're, a, Yeah, that's exactly the problem. Yeah. You have all of this processing power and all of this RAM, and it cannot keep up with their garbage overlay. Yeah. So it's... I feel like that when you're designing something, you don't have to make it a hundred uh, pixel density screen. You don't have to give me audio quality that. You mean a thousand? Or, yeah, a thousand <laughs> pixels per inch. Um, you don't have to give me uh, audio quality that I'll never be able to tell the difference of on my crappy ten dollar headphones anyway. Yeah. Um, you don't have to give me the fastest processor and and ten gigs of RAM. Like just 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 make it work. And make it. This is why, like, you know, internet geeks that have all the time in the world to just sit and complain in comments, like, that are just comparing specs between phones. Yeah, are just they're just missing like the part that matters. Early, I mean, I know different things matter to different people, but there's this sort of like, yeah, the screens are good enough now. They're bright enough. They have enough contrast, like. Just give me battery life. Yeah. Well, when uh, when the Moto X came out, and I'm not trying to pimp the Moto X, but it had only a 720 only, only <laughs> yes, only a 720p screen because 
giving up all of those extra pixels takes a lot of weight you off of... You have a better of, graphics card. Yeah, exactly. And that takes more power, which sucks more battery. So they were able to get this phenomenal battery life by driving a weaker, <laughs> yeah. big ironic air quotes, screen. And people, when they saw that on the spec sheet, went crazy. It was like, no, have you actually looked at one in person? It looks great. So at the risk of derailing this from our topics even further, um, all of this applies... <laughs> this is our show. We can talk about whatever the hell we want. All of this like misplaced enthusiasm about specs that aren't going to help um, applies to megapixels and cameras. <laughs> yeah. So you saw Brian Younger's other tweets? Yeah, basically. Yeah. He, he yeah. brought up... He was just wanted to see us rant about <laughs> that, and we're happy to oblige. But yeah, um, the basic premise is that your your camera having more megapixels does not mean better pictures. No, it means past. more data, yeah. which if you have a crappy image sensor means you will get a worse picture well, and not a better what one. What happens with phones is you can't increase the sensor size in proportion with the megapixels because your phone is limited in space and they're cramming right. the smallest thing they can in there. This is why DSLRs are still large. Because yeah. they need that physical room to work with. And, yeah, that's why a 10-megapixel image on a DSLR looks way better, um, among other reasons, like the lens and other things, too, sure. But than your smartphone's 10-megapixel camera. But that was, wasn't that with the Moto X, too? They're like, or, no, it was one of the, the HTC phones. The H, one of the HTC phones and the Moto X, there's been a couple of flagship like, phones that had... You know what? Had... Four megapixels is enough, and yeah. we're going to leave the sensor. That actually gives you more light per segment of the sensor right well and i, I feel like now because this is so we talked about audio we talked about screens and now we're <laughs> on to cameras and i think i just realized the the main problem here is that marketing departments have grabbed onto one or two factoids and that's what they market on but really these are complicated technologies there is a whole supply chain. There's a thousand different things. <laughs> so it's just like every other topic we've talked about today. <laughs> well, yeah, but I, I feel like this is mark. This is the fault of marketing, right? So when you're buying headphones and they market them, our based cameras on, gluten free, <laughs> right? Yeah. So when you're buying headphones and they market them based on their loudness, or when you're buying a device like an iPad or a, or any kind of tablet that basically is a screen that you hold. The thing that they're going to talk about is like, oh, well, our screen has six more pixels on it than that guy's screen. Our LumaBurst technology. Oh, God, there's always some stupid <laughs> brand name. And and megapixels has always been the... I mean, I remember when I graduated it's high school... It's got the word mega, so megahertz. Yeah. They're like sad that that's no longer a metric people yes. use. Yeah, I can't remember the last time I bought or even saw a computer where the they were like making a big deal about the processor speed. Yeah. They talk about the processor generation. Or like, oh, how a, many cores. Yeah, it's a core i5 or i7, which are brands. They're marked, yeah. Or it's a Haswell. Because the i7 from 2009 is not as good no. as today's i7 by yeah. a long shot. Yeah, so I think this this is all the fault of marketing. I remember getting my first digital camera when I graduated high school, and it was like a 1.3 megapixel sensor, something you wouldn't use to take a selfie with now on the front of a smartphone, and this was like a standalone camera so device. So what's the next megapixel? So whether so, let's apply this to... Future forward. To wearables, and maybe it'll just be 
the same stuff, battery life, screen stuff, audio stuff, but if there was a new bullshit spec that is going to be parroted around, what would it be? Maybe sensor count? Like, our wearable had counts six it metrics. It has 16 gyroscopes. <laughs> I wasn't thinking one sensor. But I mean, like, so, like, uh, our wearable counts uh, heart rate, perspiration, and it's a pedometer, and the other guy's only does pedometer and heart rate. You know, so every... Ours tracks more things than that guy's tracks. And they'll they'll say, like, yeah, we've got all the sensors, like, that means they're good quality versions of that. So right. I'm reminded of there was a, a a game developer, mobile game developer, that just delayed their Android release of their game because Android has so many different hardware models that they discovered that the gyroscopes that were in all the different hardware. So, you know, you range from the, the high-quality stuff to the, the crappy, mediocre phones. Um, there's such a disparity in how all the phones measure position and movement and tilt and like that was, wildly different that, was necessary that they the could game. not guarantee yeah they're they're doing very motion okay. tilt oriented gaming and i'll find the link for the game but um they're basically like we need to like one by one develop our game like i know there's like a tired meme that like android has fragmentation and a lot of that is way overblown that's true but they were finding for the use of gyroscope hardware there is like a widespread disparity and some of the phones that claim they had gyroscopes were really faking it with accelerometers and stuff really yeah oh that's crap and so the, the the big thing is this guy posted a vine of like seven or eight android devices and all their gyroscopes are just like waving in different directions and the compasses <laughs> are pointing in different directions and so as a developer you're just like ah yeah if you're thinking oh this is the one reliable thing so this is game oven studios and the game is called bound and and they do lots of like multi local multiplayer tablet games um i think they're most famous for fingal <laughs> But Are you just making up words? Yep. Um, <laughs> this is totally made up. But anyway, what was I doing with that? Uh, we were talking about future forward, oh. the, the next megapixels. Oh, yeah, so people will list specs, and it doesn't mean it's actually any good. <laughs> yeah. So that's... So marketing. I, I thought... I, I mean, I'm not a big hardware guy, so I, I would have thought gyroscopes were fairly innocuous, and apparently... If there's somewhere that a corner can be cut, someone will cut that corner. Well, I think for for most uses of motion on your phone, it's just like, are they reading it in landscape or portrait? Like, you can get away with much less precision. But if you're developing a, you know, a labyrinth or marble madness game, you want... Yeah, really, really high yeah. fidelity, <laughs> and you want to, you want to develop it and not have to like release a different version for every device. Yes. <laughs> so in two years, are we going to talk about how much gyroscope accuracy is enough gyroscope accuracy? <laughs> well, the fanboys will be like gyroscope fragmentation, bro. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man, the iPhone has way better gyroscopic consistency than any Android device. I can just see Johnny Ive against a white background. This iPhone has the most accurate gyroscope <laughs> of any iPhone. And we think you're going to love it. This is revolutionary. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm scared now because now that you've brought this up, I'm like, I'm getting pre-annoyed <laughs> by all the annoying <laughs> crap that hasn't even happened yet. 
I'm I'm preemptively frustrated. So I think 40 minutes later we're done with follow up, <laughs> which this is a Syracuse kind of thing to do. But. <laughs> uh, no, but that was excellent follow up. It led to very good conversations. So I don't know if, which of these we want to try to tackle. <laughs> oh, I think <laughs> I think we can do um, we can link to signs from the near future as a good segue. Um, so signs from the near future is a Tumblr um, that that somebody put together. That's it's kind of like the. The um, I can has cheeseburger. They're just like photoshopped images. Um, oh, so I did put it in there already. <laughs> Thanks, magic chat gnome. <laughs> um, so the, they're just fake signs. Um, like you're gonna have to be aware that there's drones patrolling in this area. Um, please turn off your smart device while you're in line. Um, and driver free taxi is one of them that i would actually like to see that now jetpack rental that one's a little more ridiculous that one bums me out because <laughs> i was saying while we were we were setting up this morning and i was looking over these uh jetpacks i know are impractical and we will probably never have jetpacks but we've been getting promised jetpacks since like the 40s no there's a great indie band their name is we were promised jetpacks there you go <laughs> and uh I, I I want a freaking jetpack. Like I'm from the generation that was told like jetpacks were just around the corner. Like mm-hmm. no one will drive cars or ride bikes. We will have jetpacks. And then what did we get? Segways. Like I don't want a razor scooter. I want a jetpack. I want the Jetson style jetpack mm-hmm. that was just a little belt that just went like and just yeah. you know, you had like perfect three dimensional orientation. You weren't like being violently propelled forward. They have one for a, Come on, science. A special lane for driverless, driverless cars, but they have a QR code on it, so it bums me out. <laughs> yeah, I saw that one. And I was just like, no, that's a sign from the past. It, it's a combination of, of an awesome technology we need and a horrible technology we never needed. And if you don't know which is which, then get out of my office. <laughs> we'll flip you. <laughs> I, I think the one on here that I'm it's the the very last one right now is uh, no synthetic biology allowed, and having just gone through several airports recently, um, this kind of worries me because I won't go into to massive detail, but basically I had to go through several airports over the last week, and the TSA greeted me with completely different rules for the exact same things, and. I don't agree with all the security theater, but I have I'm willing to meet them halfway. I will jump through whatever stupid hoops they want me to jump through. I just wish they would standardize them. Yeah. Because in airport 1, I didn't have to take anything out of my bag. And then in airport 2, I had to take some things out of my bag, and then in airport 3, I had to take out different things. Yeah. From airport 1 or 2 and take off my shoes, which I didn't have to do it either of the first well, two. Well, there's airports. weird like technical like Supposedly, phones and tablets you can just leave in your bag, but like if it reaches a certain threshold, yeah, of if it's a certain size, I I think that might be based on the battery size because if it was a fake battery, it could be a large explosive. I guess. And this is like so with my daughter, they we had like jars of baby food, but they didn't care about the jars of baby food, but they actually checked her sippy cup, yeah, because I guess there are lots of explosives that resemble water. But, like, they didn't care in all the airports. They only cared in some of the airports. It was the same cup. It had the same amount of water in it. Yeah. So, 
when people start having like bionic eyes and bionic ears and do they make people take off their artificial limbs? So what about like yeah. we, we link to that awesome image of the kid with the the robot hand? Oh like, yeah, or that's are, in their blast off slide deck. Oh, is that where it yeah. was? So like th- that kid, like that's he's like nine. He's getting a second lease on having a normal life by being given back a limb that he either was born without or lost in an accident. Are those technologies going to have to be designed in such a way that they're easily removable? For all this crazy security stuff, yeah. Like, I, I just, I want these technologies. I want blind people to be able to see, and deaf people to be able to hear, and people who lost their voice box to be able to speak, and all these things. And I want enhancements to normal people. I want to be able to jump ten feet in the air, <laughs> yeah. right? It's one of augmentations, like yeah. DSX, yes, yeah, robot future, bring it on. But if they're going to give me bionic legs that I have to be able to take off in the airport, then I'm just give me bionic legs. that let me run as fast as a jet plane and I just won't fly anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just sprint everywhere. I have to go. Yeah. Right. I mean, I can imagine they're like, Oh, it's oh, going to happen. And it's going to be obnoxious. Yeah. If you're under 12, you don't have to remove your, your bionic arm, but if you're over 12, you're going to have to take it off and walk through the scanner. <laughs> like I, it's, but what if you have both arms bionic and you're traveling alone? Is someone just going to take them take off them for off you? Of and you? Then you have to hope that they'll put them back on you. Oh, that's awkward. So, so they're going to have to have trained limb removers. If only uh, the movie Elysium <laughs> was better than it was. <laughs> I hadn't seen it, but now you've got me curious. Because <laughs> they've got the the crazy security feature and the. Sort of the economic disparity of the tech future dystopia, really yeah, well done. Is it all the poor people still live on the planet, and all the rich people are on like a yeah, they're on they're on Halo. Ring. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Gee, where'd you get that idea for a big spinning circle wherever all the rich people live? Um, so yeah, that's. I didn't expect that to get as deep as it did, but that really made me think about. Thanks, Tumblr. <laughs> thank you, random Tumblr person. Um, and then the other thing I think we do have time to talk about is uh, the security and privacy stuff that goes with all this. So one of the last things in our very, very long follow-up was, oh, our smart device has more sensors than the other guy's smart device. Are there going to be sensors that are deal-breakers? Like, if you're a diabetic, would you not want to wear a smart device that is constantly checking your blood sugar because you're afraid who's getting that information? Right. And that, yeah, that's this Wired article we'll link to that sort of brought this to bear of like, generally speaking, the industries are kind of slow at tightening up their security and being, and you, even if they're secure, you just don't know. It's not, a lot of devices are very proprietary. You have no way to verify where your data is going, what's being collected, how and what format is it being stored in plain text? Is it being <laughs> encrypted? And so as we dive headlong into the Internet of Things and everything's online and connected and networked, um, is that just mean that everyone's just opening up their entire lives yeah, to privacy is corporations? Done. And the answer is yes. <laughs> yes, in some ways, absolutely. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, sort of the counterpoint is, well, maybe there will be even more use of private local networks right? for, you know, your, your lights and your garage door and your refrigerator are not going to be talking to the internet very much. It'll be like sandboxed. Right. They talk to my local network 
and I have a device that's internet connected that can talk to my local network, yeah. but my lights cannot be reached directly through the internet. Yeah. Because why? And so I'm just wondering, all those 90s movies where someone gets trapped in a computer and starts taking over the world. <laughs> Lawnmower Man, in reference again. Or uh, I remember The Ghost in the Machine. Do you remember that movie? I remember the I anime. just remember the kid. Or no, not Ghost in the Shell. Ghost in the oh, Machine. No, I do not remember that okay. movie. Okay. There's a, you know, the kid falls in the pool and the you know the guy in the machine the ghost in the machine is trying to kill him and so it's like a pool with an automated cover so it like covers him up and he's drowning and whatever (laughs) (laughs) that's not important but the point is uh will will we secure and encrypt these things fast enough or you know will we need some people to drown in some pools first so i'm not i don't want to go into the entire conversation about um like single payer healthcare and and insurance companies, but I feel like a lot of these things could be headed off at the pass by making certain things illegal and making them culturally unacceptable. Like like charging people more. Yes. So like if I drink a coke with lunch, my insurance premium should not go up. It's like yeah, coke's not good for you. But it's not so bad that it should be that minute. Like, drinking a Coca-Cola is not smoking two packs of cigarettes. Well, the president, precedent, not the president, <laughs> is already there for, you know, smoking is the exact example. At least smoking is that harmful, but... But I feel like smoking is some... It, I, I mean, I definitely can't come up with all the answers right off the top of my head this second. But, like but a I feel le- like a legal... it's, it's, a, it's a controlled substance. Yeah. Like, if it's not a controlled substance, you shouldn't be able to... Even if drinking... Was there a limit? As if, like, if you're drinking a two-liter of Coke for lunch every day, can they raise prices on you then? Yeah, so, I mean, this is the entire (laughs) argument for single-payer, is I want my doctor to know everything they can know about me to better serve me. Not to penalize me and rip money off of me, but to take care of yes, me to help me stay healthy so i could get a text from my doctor that says like did you seriously just drink your seventh coca-cola today and i could be like sorry bro sad face sorry, and, bro. and then yes i call my doctor bro and then you know that way we have we can have an open relationship but i'm sure that there are lots and lots of medical conditions and normal normal behavior common behaviors that people hide from their doctors and other uh healthcare professionals because they fear not just the cultural being reprimanded but the financial being reprimanded mm-hmm. um i mean i know there's been lots of lawsuits where it uh an employer found out that their employee was going to a psychologist or a psychiatrist and then they were chastised in the workplace or even terminated it's like not everyone who sees a psychologist or a psychiatrist uh, is a dangerous that psychopath bothers me that there's such a like stigma mental health issues are like stigmatized completely yeah. in America but I don't know about the rest of the world as much but definitely it seems here. like seems like probably most of the world is pretty stigmatizing of it but definitely yeah. here and and a lot of people like, would probably like, benefit from just talking their problems out in a healthy environment but why is it if you're sick with a virus it's like oh you should get some medical help and if you're like my mind is sick 
And that, that, I mean that not as like I'm a sicko, right? I mean like just, I have an illness and it happens to be mental. Yes. Why am I not allowed to seek help without being ostracized? Yes. Now? <laughs> yeah, it's it's a very odd double standard. It probably stems a lot from fear of the unknown. So you have like even though people don't really understand biological illness, they think they do. So they're like, oh, you have. An infection, well, so you go get antibiotics, and they don't understand. Like, oh, you have you're depressed, or you're upset, or you're you have whatever kind of condition you have, so you go see a psychiatrist well, or psychologist. Maybe to go too philosophical, people have like a Descartes mind body split. It's like you are a person and you have a body, oh, and so it's like okay. when your body is sick, you are you yourself you just have this thing on your back. Right. Whereas when your mind is sick, it's like you are broken. Yeah. And it's like, you know what? We're both. We're not just a mind and we're not just a body. We are both. Yeah. <laughs> the, this does risk going super philosophical, <laughs> but you're probably right. There is probably a division of your body is the thing your mind pilots. So your body can be repaired, but, oh, if there's something wrong with your mind, that's an unrepairable problem, and now you're dangerous. Now I'm scared of you. Yeah. So that's, that's, and that's very sad, because there are parts of the world, there are civilized countries that have figured this out, that people with mental health issues can get treatment, that just like get, someone with physical health issues. Instead of, like, just being, you know, like, let's just make it worse by, like, treating them poorly and yeah. Putting yeah. them on the side of society. Yeah, you know what will help this depressed person get better faster? Never talking about their depression. Telling ever. them to man up. Yeah. <laughs> Grow a pair, wuss. Thanks, football coach. <laughs> football coach, Sla- mental health professional. Slap them on the ass and send them back to work. What can possibly go wrong? <laughs> so that that did get deep, but there's there's a lot of cool stuff to talk about there. Um, And then I think so... So many tables. (laughs) So many tables. I feel like that's that's a topic we could spend a whole episode on, and the reason it would take a whole episode is because I would want to choose my words very carefully. Mm -hmm. Because I know very little about those topics, and I would would be interested to pontificate about them, but I would not want to offend anyone. Because I am as far from an expert as any other layman is. Maybe that's, that's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> that's for it. Is that the third time you just totally shutting down? I was just affirming what you already said about yourself <laughs> in such a pejorative way. So I, I think these are uh, these are all representative of um, those kind of problems. But do you think there will be in the last few minutes we have? Do you think there will be social issues um, outside of work, outside of um, insurance? So. Like, imagine uh, if your pedometer shared to, like, um, Google Plus or Facebook or something, maybe a little bit beyond your control. Not like you can't stop it, but right now, people only share their runkeeper runs on a social network when it's, like, a run they're happy with. Right. So, like, I know you track your steps, and I know you have your goal, so... Would you maybe, if you were wearing a device that shared your steps every 24 hours, no matter what, would that maybe be a deterrent? Because you're like, well, on Sundays, I kind of just hang out, 
And normally I have like my 10,000 step a day goal. And on Sundays, I'm lucky if I hit like a thousand steps. And that's embarrassing. I don't want people to know that. Yeah. So I'm not going to use this I device. I'm just laying on a couch for 72 hours on the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, would that kind of thing deter a person from using a smart or, device? Like, imagine to get a job, the employer's like, and imagine this was legal, was like, we want all of your sensor records. Sure. And you're just like, what? <laughs> no, you may not. Yeah. Do you do you remember the lawsuit over the Facebook yeah, credentials? About fa- yeah, employers saying, give us your Facebook password, yeah. which at least that specific use of it is against the terms of use of Facebook. Yes. So Facebook's like, hey, guys, stop it. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's... Stop forcing possible hires to give their password up. Yeah, and I mean, there's... There's a lot of things wrong with that, not the least of which is them bullying you into handing over personal information, but giving them the key. Not even just log into your Facebook account in front of us and we're going to peruse it. It's give me the key to log in even after this interview is over. And with the the federation of Facebook logins working everywhere, that's a key to potentially dozens of websites. Yeah. I mean, if you give someone a social credential you may have just given them the key to your life yeah i mean especially facebook twitter google like those are the big ones especially since open id kind of went belly up so i imagine this will be i mean it seems like these issues are at least on tech people's minds but i think they're they're making sense to regular people too it's it becomes very i think in k-12 it's huge of just like people are freaking out about student data being aggregated and used which is somewhat unfortunate because you mean they're, so, they're afraid of it. They're the, yeah, they're like paranoid that school districts and you know oh, some of this cause, is because in higher ed they're all about it. So is it just because they're minors? Well, we'll wait for the scandal to come to higher ed later. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think there is sort of a reaction people have when they realize how much <laughs> is being gathered. And there's there's some like it takes like a some kind of crystallized example that makes it really obvious to them, like, whoa, they can do that now with data. Right. But um, I think there will be a, a tug of war, and it won't just be automatically, we are, we're all screwed and everything's given up. <laughs> Hopefully not. That'll be where a lot of industries want to go, but I think there will be pushback. I think there will be a battle. Well, I find it, too, it's, it's interesting you talk about student analytics because... So students, let's let's say students or employees in this analogy are interchangeable. The teachers or employers are the watchers, right? So their employees or students are being watched, and then the teachers or employers fancy themselves the watchers, and then they are very surprised when they find out that when they use the system, it also tracks them. And it's like... To the system, you're just another user. Yeah. And they're like, oh, well, I don't want the person who could potentially watch me. My dean better not know how terrible I am at my job. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I was trying to overgeneralize, so screw it. So (laughs) so let's just be specific. Let's name people. Jim Smith, (laughs) come on. God. So so Jim Smith is totally cool knowing what time his students go to the bathroom and what they had for lunch. And when they clicked on a thing, and if they clicked on it twice, not just fine with it, demands, demands it. it. And then, but if Jim Smith knew that his boss could track him the exact same way, whoa, that's no academic freedom, academic freedom bro. That's creepy. That's wrong. And it's like, we is there? <laughs> do we need to extend academic freedom to the way you digest information? There is not academic just freedom it? for students. It doesn't mean freedom from people knowing that you're. I don't know. You couldn't. 
no, properly I, assess someone if you couldn't measure what they're doing. No, what what I mean is a a dean. So let's start top down. So a dean can't punish a faculty, or typically doesn't punish faculty members for the things that they are teaching or studying, right? So if you have, I'm going to super overgeneralize, a Jewish dean could not punish um, a German instructor for his views on the Holocaust. No matter how controversial they were, no matter how stereotypical and cartoonish they were, that's the whole point of academic freedom. So has that ever actually happened where those two cartoon stereotypes came to life? I don't know. But in that situation, that person would be protected. I don't think that that trickles down. I don't think we yeah. have Reaganomics because if a faculty member found out that one of their students was able to pass their course by reading, skimming the chapters in the textbook once, they would probably not be okay with that. They would probably be like, no, here's how you're supposed to study my material. It's like, no, I only have to achieve the end objective. How yeah. I get there should be irrelevant. And I don't know if students have any kind of protection there. I don't know yeah. if anyone's ever asked that question. I may have just blazed a new trail. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. But no, there's all these double standards of like, of course we should be tracking them. Yeah, but not Oh, them. you're tracking me? Yeah. I mean, that, that always so comes up with... what you uh, wish for. With... I mean, I was just in the airport, so it's like, oh, well, of course you need to pull the brown people out of line because only brown people are terrorists. It's like, no, actually, it's there's like a lot of Caucasian most of, terrorists. Yeah, most of the American terrorism. Yeah, we're white, middle-aged yeah, guys. Like Unabomber. And- yeah. Um, the, uh, what was the, the, was it Columbus, Ohio that had another really bad... I don't know. B- basically every... DC sniper. Yeah. And- <laughs> um, basically every famous terrorist event before 9-11 was... Some white dude. <laughs> the DC sniper was a black guy and his, oh, okay. and his son. Um, but again, not a an, is not an Arab, not an Iraqi, not, not someone from even outside this country. They were born and raised in this country... You know the response to that is oh, so we should be able to wiretap anyone. Yeah, let's then. just let's just profile everyone. Everyone has to get taken out of line and patted down. <laughs> yeah. It's just all pat Pick downs. Pick up that can, citizen. <laughs> pat downs all the way down. But that's that's the problem. Is that's when you start to become like the totalitarian. Yeah. So it's like I don't want to profile people, but I also don't want to wrongfully punish everyone for the actions of a few. Well, and this is why we need to find a way to update our legal process to give law enforcement sensible tools to fight modern problems without making them the problem. Yes. Yeah, we can't just give them. I'm not just a, a police are evil person. That's just like ah, but. There are dangerous precedents being yes. set on the reach of... It, it's almost like this is a complicated, <laughs> nuanced issue that can't be boiled down to give police unlimited power or all brown people are dangerous. It's it's almost like we can't do that. Thank God we can do that. Thank God we've just handed the police unlimited power and anyone with a beard is dangerous. Now... Oh, man, I gotta shave. Now we're safe. <laughs> I have to shave, too. I have... So I'm for anyone who has never seen a picture of me on our website, I am fairly tan 
and I wear a dark beard, and it has actually gotten me in trouble. I, I will bore you guys some other time with the time they took my backpack because they thought I had tried to bomb a building. It's like that. I didn't argue with them at the time, but part of me wanted to be like, man, that's profiling. <laughs> like, you can't do that. I didn't do anything wrong. And, and I am definitely not as oppressed as any other minority. Um, so I, 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 I don't want to say I, I sympathize, but like, the problem is far-reaching with uh, with yeah. overbearing security. Uh, did we hit like such a horribly high, <laughs> philosophically deep note? We have to just like we're never gonna come down from this ivory tower. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we just we we have to just close up shop on the ivory tower and and call the episode concluded. All right, it's so over. Where, so <laughs> where can people find you, Mike? You can find me on Twitter as Medwards Music or on the web at pseudomichael.com. David, where can people find you? People can find me at Lions in Beta on Twitter, lionsinbeta.com. Um, we did hit like a few crazy philosophical deep cultural notes, but I think there's lots of good conversation to be had here. So definitely if if either of us said something just absurdly stupid, or if there's a point we didn't even touch on because... Or if it was brilliant. Or brilliant. <laughs> um, or if there's points we didn't touch on or, or personal experience you have, I would love to hear about that stuff. I, I always love to hear, like, how how have other people dealt with these situations? What kinds of, of crazy oppression is going on right here in our own state or our own country that I don't even know about? Um, mm-hmm. You know, we, so, we get to play life on easy mode as heterosexual white males in our our 30s um most people do not get i think that was actually a kotaku article i'll find it and throw it in the show notes Uh, that that was a speaking of hotly disputed title where can people find the show notes people can find the show notes for this episode at flipping tables podcast.com slash zero one four for episode 14 yes indeed yes Indeed. So I think uh, next week we'll be back on our normal Tuesday schedule, yeah? I believe so. All right. So thanks for sticking with us on this wacky Wednesday. Next, we'll be back on Tuesday. All right. See you next week. Have a good week.